T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now that they've hired a defensive coordinator, I don't really care about the names. I do care about the name, but I can't say... Crisis over for the Cleveland Browns simply because I think they might have upgraded at the defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator spot. Like if tomorrow it comes out that they've they've hired a Wunderkin as quarterback coach, and oh, by the way, he's going to call the plays now. On some level, I'd be a little excited about that. It's still coaching hires. I would like to point out, I think the NFL – the NFL right now is trying to they're they're trying to make the optics of coaching hires look more fair. Coaching hires have not gotten any more fair, specifically for minority candidates, just so we're clear. It hasn't. They have incentivized teams to hire and to promote for, not just hire uh, minority candidates, but also to incentivize teams to promote and develop minority candidates, both in coaching and in the front office. And the difference really hasn't been made. And granted, the most recent changes, which are if you hire a minority or if a, a, a assistant or an executive of yours that is a minority gets hired by another team for a head coach or GM position, you get draft compensation. That's only been around for a little bit. So time will tell if this really does truly affect and aid the candidacy of minority coaches. I'm bringing this all up because this year has been really wonky. Like, it took so long. And I thought I thought Mary Kay did a great job kind of spelling it out. She said today on the morning show, and I hope I'm not paraphrasing her incorrectly, but she sure made it seem like the second the Browns realized Bubba Ventrone was available, that's when Mike Prefer got fired. And the reason why I say that is I kind of thought the whole time that the Browns hadn't made sure everybody else was safe on the staff because I think Kevin Stefanski went to his staff and say, hey, if you can get a better job and you can get a promotion somewhere else, go ahead and take it. And I think he went to a couple guys in the defensive staff and said, hey, you might not have jobs if you don't go look for a new one. So Chris Kiffin went to Houston and reunited with D'Amico Ryans uh, and Jeff Howard went to San Diego, or <laughs> went to the Chargers. I think with Prefer, I had thought, Maybe when Joe Woods got fired, maybe Stefanski went to him and said, hey, you got five weeks to find a new job. If you don't, if you're still here at the end of five weeks, I'm going to fire you. Mary Kay pretty much made it seem like the second Bubba Ventrone was, was kind of made available because of the hiring of Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, that was the thing that caused the Browns to act. But I think within that, I think the NFL's schedule – 
is totally stupid. I, I think they need to – maybe you can hire GMs when at the end of the season because GMs don't have a lot to do with what goes on the field during the month of January and in February. I think the NFL should do a moratorium on hiring for uh, both head coaches and assistant coaches. Fire anybody you want. But I don't think you should be able to interview or hire any assistant or head coach during the NFL playoffs. Because it's effectively become college football now. In college football, at the very end of the season, coaches are like, all right, I'm going to fire my OC, my tight ends coach, and my recruiting coordinator. And then a week later, they have new hires. And then, like three weeks later, the NFL comes and rates their staffs, and they got to rehire some of those same positions. Like, um, who is the old Cincinnati quarterback? Is it Geno Gadouli? He went from Cincinnati's offensive coordinator to then he went to be the tight ends coach at Wisconsin, and he just got hired for Notre Dame's quarterback coach. That he has, The man's had three jobs inside roughly two months. It's asinine. Now, in college, you can't really dictate it as much because the NFL does reign supreme and because uh, the, the firing on coaches and everything, it's, it's tougher to control across the board. I think the NFL, I'd love to see the NFL just completely put off the, the the coaching until after the Super Bowl. How much more fun would the last two weeks be if after we focused all January and February on the playoffs, if we then got to, oh, now it's Jim Schwartz time. Are they going to hire Jim Schwartz? Or if, oh, they just fired Mike Prefer and now today they hired Bubba Ventrone. Because I think the NFL... We went from, all right, first week, the first three weeks of January, or we're going to find our new head coach. Unless we already started. The th- and then, um, and now we've gone to, all right, a couple teams are going to fill their head coaching vacancies, but if they've got a coach in the playoffs, they're going to have to wait until after February to announce the hire and to start hiring the staff. And it's stupid. Coaches don't really, and maybe put the senior bowl after this as well. They're trying to do this to appear as fair as possible minority candidates. It's not working. Same guys are getting the jobs that got the job before. They're just getting it two weeks later. I can be more fair for everybody. I'm not just talking about minorities. I'm talking about all coaches. If you just go ahead and said, all right, the Monday after the Super Bowl, you can start interviewing candidates for your staff or for your head coaching job. But that brings us to the Bubba Ventrone hire. I like the hire. I like the hire because he's a former player. I like the hire because he might be a future NFL head coach. And that's kind of a a, a pie-in-the-sky thing. Like, there's, like, every year, they, they come out with a list of 20, 25, 30 guys. Ah, future NFL head coaches. In the end, maybe 10 of those guys actually get it. And then there's a churn of about 33% of all those guys where names drop off and never heard from again for head coaching candidates in the next year. There's a new 33%. So I, but I do like the fact that he is perceived as a guy who could be an NFL head coach. I like the fact that he is a former NFL player. I don't really care that it's in Cleveland. But I also like that it gives the Browns options. And something we talked about earlier, I don't like the idea of going into this offseason assuming Kevin Stefanski is going to be fired. It's too negative for me. 
I understand it's a possibility. Uh, the other possibility, by the way, because I think the problem is that we only when the Browns have been a disappointment, we only assume the negative. We assume the negative is going to be the reality all next year. I say we, this is a media thing. I don't necessarily think it's just a fan thing. But when the Browns come off a good year, every move they make is going to be a great move and every good possible thing is going to happen next year. Wow, you won 11 games this year. You're going to win 13 next year and you're going to make the best trades this year. It's not really how the NFL works. The NFL and the difference between the Browns at 7 and 10 and hell, I don't I'm trying uh, the the Chargers and 10 and 7. It's a thin margin. So I don't like going into the offseason assuming Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat. And I think saying in February, oh, he's game to game. I don't know how anyone could possibly know that. Unless Jimmy Haslam says, candidly, next year. I, I really lost my Haslam there. Candidly, next year. Kevin Stefanski. It's not great. He is game to game. Uh, unless he literally says that, and it is a known thing in Berea, and it's reported by Daryl or Mary Kay or Zach or Scott Petrak, unless it's in, or, or any of the other amazing beat reporter members that cover the Browns every single day and every single week and every single part of the year. Unless it's reported, I'm not going to assume that. But I think we also have to be realistic. I don't know definitively. Kevin's going to be here this time next year. I think if they were to get rid of him, I think they're only going to replace him with another Kevin Stefanski. Whether that's a Kevin Stefanski that's been a head coach before or whether that's a Kevin Stefanski that is, you know, what Shane Steichen is this offseason. He's going to be an offensive-minded head coach. And, and because in the NFL, one, everything already skews towards the offense. You fired Brian Flores, who overachieved, so you could hire Mike McDaniels to build the super offense for Miami. The record, by the way, year over year didn't change. But how it looked changed. And optics matter more than anything in the NFL. But I'm saying all of this to say, oh, and, and when I say another Kevin Stefanski, I'm saying a youngish offensive coordinator who's basically the offensive head coach, and then he's going to hire his defensive head coach. That's The NFL already leans that way in every coaching hire anyways. And you, but you know what really drives it home? The fact that you paid Deshaun Watson $30 million. And the implication is, if Deshaun doesn't work out this year, or if Deshaun, if, if, if Kevin Stefanski gets fired next year or some point during the season, then Deshaun didn't play up to his true potential. So you're going to be looking for a guy who can get Deshaun to his true potential. So I like the Bubba Ventrone hire because even though that's probably the reality a year from now, if Stefanski were to get fired, I like that Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam candidly have options. If you were looking, and I want to get into the difference between those two options, but if at any point this year, the bottom just falls out and Kevin Stefanski loses the locker room. This last year, guys, we weren't firing Kevin Stefanski for Joe Woods. We sure as hell weren't doing it for Mike Prefer. That's not my feelings on Mike. I know a lot of people have said things about Mike. I don't have any. I don't know Mike. I, I don't have a frame of reference for what happened in Minnesota that got him 
fired outside of what was reported and what was written about it. And quite frankly, that's almost a decade ago. He just, he just, the, the special teams unit weren't good enough here. That's why he wasn't going to get that. Your best options were maybe Bill Callahan. Respectfully, that's not the guy you want as your interim head coach. Bubba Ventrone and Jim Schwartz give you options as your break glass in case of emergency to try and salvage next year. I don't think firing Kevin Stefanski is the end-all, be-all, or it's going to fix the Cleveland Browns, or that even if they do, that it's going to suddenly make the Browns better. Oh, it's oh, the Browns are going to win now just because I'm not anybody but Kevin. But if they feel like they get to that point, all of a sudden it doesn't feel like if that does have to happen, the season is a lost season. 216-578-0092. That leads us to a question that I asked earlier, and people assumed the negative on this. Who's the heir apparent if the Browns, if this season does go poorly and the Browns have to let go of Kevin Stefanski midseason? Is it Jim Schwartz or is it Bubba Ventrone? I think because everybody agrees that this season was a huge letdown by the Browns. And because we have agita about Deshaun Watson living up to the contract and the trade. We have agita about Kevin Stefanski and whether he really is a good head coach. And we have agita about uh, the Haslam's and uh, the drafting and free agents and traits and everything about the Browns. I do think at some point we, and this is a royal we situation here, we have gotten into this, this vacuum negativity with the Cleveland Browns. And so I think a good majority of media have just assumed, and I think fans too, I think it's a cop-out to say it's just the, the media, but just assume that Kevin Stefanski's on the hot seat. And I'm sure, by the way, Vegas would back that up. I bet you when the first coach to get fired, uh, odds come out, and I don't think they've come out yet because um, I, f- I feel like we would have talked about that. But when those come out, I'd be shocked if Kevin Stefanski wasn't the number one guy on the list. May- maybe um, the Chargers coach, who... I know. I, I I tried to kill him off more than characters on Grey's Anatomy. I, I really like Brandon Staley, but I just felt like that's a no-win situation for him, and him surviving the Sean Payton rumors I think is awesome. But, like, you look at – there are, are going to be some other head coaches in that conversation about the first coach to get fired. But it wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Stefanski was the number one guy. Maybe Mike McCarthy is going to be in front of him. But I look at this and say, it's not what I want. Like, I don't understand people wanting Kevin Stefanski fired. And I certainly don't understand people in February saying, oh, I hope he gets fired before the bye week or before the end of next season. More often than not, that means it's a lost cause. But if the Browns are, if Jimmy Haslam really only brought Kevin back this year because he didn't want the optics of firing Kevin Stefanski after three years, or he wanted to give Kevin a full year or at least another couple games, half season, whatever it is, to coach Deshaun Watson and see if they could figure that out. If that was the line of thinking, for once, I don't feel as bad about the Browns' options because they hired Bubba Ventrone and Jim Schwartz. But I think, you know, I asked earlier on the show, and, and Dusty, you know, Dusty was a little under the weather, so he didn't give me an answer on it. But I think it's interesting on one of the big reasons why people thought either 
Jim Schwartz or Bubba Ventrone would take the job is the idea that they could be the interim coach. And honestly, I debunked that earlier. I don't think the interim coach is a job anybody should want. Because even if you do the job, you get jobbed. Rich Bisaccia took a organization, when, when he took over in uh, Vegas, he had a, a head coach who was fired because of emails with, uh, with Bruce Allen, then the Washington team president, a team that was below 500. They were dead in the water. He took them to the playoffs. And they went out that offseason and hired Josh McDaniels, a guy who was a retread of a head coach. Uh, uh, by the way, a guy who was a risk. Let's just be honest about that. A guy who later that year ended up using Derek Carr as the scapegoat for Las Vegas not making the playoffs this year. All right, so that's strike one for interim coaches. Uh, this year, also, Steve Wilkes uh, took over another dead-in-the-water team. Carolina was so great when they fired Matt Rule that they turned around and traded the best player they've had since Cam Newton in the last 10 years, Christian McCaffrey. All Steve Wilkes did was put that team in playoff uh, playoff contention. They didn't make it. But his quarterbacks were Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Baker Mayfield. And by the way, Baker had already been benched and then and injured by this time. Steve Wilkes did not get the head coaching job. And by the way, that I actually like Frank Reich a lot. Those are two of the most successful interim coaches you've had. So if I'm Bubba Ventrone and I want to be a head coach, I don't want to be anywhere near an interim job because you're not going to get a fair crack. You can go to the playoffs as a special teams coach, which is what Rich Bisaccia was, and they're probably not going to give you the job. If you're Jim Schwartz, you're probably not going to get a interim shot and then another shot here. It's meaning that if he were to come here this year, be the interim head coach for 12 games, they go really well, but he doesn't get the job. He's probably then not getting a, another head coaching job. He'll probably get one one of those things, either an interim chance to get a full-time job or a full-time job. Two of those opportunities at 50-some years old, late in his 50s, as a defensive coach, not happening. So I don't know that either guy looked at an interim coaching possibility and said, yes, that's I'm going to risk my NFL future to go maybe be the guy to set things up for another coach. But I'll be honest with you, I think either guy could be the guy if Kevin Stefanski loses the locker room earlier this year. And that is a big-ass if. And the reason why I say that is they represent something different. To me, if you if you were to fire Kevin Stefanski five games into next year, don't advise it. But if you do it because you're Jimmy Haslam, you're a billionaire, you got an ass ton of money, and you just like firing people. And I do think I don't I don't think it's like Jimmy is like this Machiavellian figure. He's not Donald Trump in The Apprentice. You're fired. Candidly, you're fired. Okay, that was like a bad Trump and a bad Haslam. Jesus. However, I don't think Jimmy personally enjoys firing people, but I think it's what he knows. So if you do that, I think you've got two options, and I think what they represent is completely different. I think Jim Schwartz is the guy. He's Greg Williams. If you have to turn to him, he's probably not the guy you're going to hire to be your head coach. He's in his late 50s. 
he is a defensive coordinator. You're probably going to want to hire an offensive coordinator. At the very least, probably not a defensive coordinator. And he's not a sexy retread coach. There's nothing on his there's nothing on his resume that says you need to hire this guy as a retread. He was never the it guy when he was an assistant. And I say none of this with like I'm not talking down. He's a great defensive coordinator and a well thought of coach. But he was never the it guy on any offseason. But he's going to stabilize. He is going to make sure the team is led. And he's got kind of a no-nonsense, common-sense approach that I think might give you the best chance to win next year. With Bubba, I think Bubba is closer into line to what Jeff Saturday was. I think Jim Ursay wanted to do everything. Colts owner Jim Ursay did everything he could to try and give Jeff Saturday the job. He hired a guy with no NFL coaching experience. None. Put in a 30-year-old assistant quarterbacks coach as a first-time play caller and then said that and still tried to hire the guy despite the fact in the, what, eight, nine games, eight, nine, ten games that Jeff Saturday coached, they had a minus differential of minus 80. That means they got that booty spanked. They got the they got the the cheeks clapped damn near every Sunday. But it was the shot. All right, I'm gonna give this guy a shot to be the next head coach because I think he could be the head coach. He was dead ass wrong. They did the right thing in not hiring Jeff Saturday. But that's what I think Bubba is. I think Bubba's a risk. But he also might be the guy. He certainly has more deserving of that kind of interim thing. That kind of interim, let's see if you can take the, the reins on this job. Jim Schwartz, to me, the, the, the two paths here, if for whatever reason something happens with Stefanski, where it's just not clicking, he loses the locker room, whether it's week five or week ten. Jim Schwartz is the guy who might get you the playoffs. Still probably not going to hire him. Bubba Ventrone's probably the guy that's either going to get you to the playoffs and be the long-term guy at the head coach and stabilize it, or he's going to be the guy that gets the Houston Texans at the eighth pick in next year's draft. I personally don't want to see another wasted year. I think if, if for whatever reason, Kevin didn't work out early this season, I think most fans would clamor for Bubba Ventrone because it means, well, if he does a good job, right, we don't have to go through another coaching search. Or rather we'll have a favorite. We'll have a, a somewhat known quantity we can push for. I'd probably want the safer path. The Browns, let's just get to a real simple fact here. The Browns cannot waste another year. They can't. The Browns, after this year, and it's not just Kevin Stefanski, every year there's been somebody that, that the Browns have been able to push their stench off on right? It's been Freddie Kitchens. 2020, you didn't need a stench off because you, you went to the playoffs. 2021, it was Odell Beckham Jr. in season, and then it was Baker Mayfield after the season. And then this year, it was Joe Woods and it was Mike Prefer. Next year, the stench is going to go logically on Kevin Stefanski. But because the organization made such a bold move with Deshaun Watson, you got one more year. And if the Deshaun deal doesn't look like an out-and-out, clear-ass winner next year this time, that stench, it don't matter how many times you fire Kevin Stefanski. 
if you have a losing record at the end of next year, and Deshaun, I don't care what his stats are, if you're eight and nine or seven and ten again, and and you've had to fire your head coach, I think it's going to be really, really tough. Because that also means the rest of the roster wasn't fixed either. And that probably means maybe Andrew Barry's back and doing the hiring. So now you've got the perception of a lame duck GM. You got to win this year. It's not a, ah, just go ahead and let's figure it out. No, no, no. The Browns have to win this year. Because if they don't win this year, two straight lost years after trading for Deshaun Watson, which would make it three straight lost years in a row, all of a sudden, you're getting very, very close to slipping back into the same old Browns water. Whether you win five games or, or eight games, anything less than a playoff push and a playoff spot, and it's going to be hard to attract the best candidate. It's going to be hard to, to sell people on Deshaun Watson and to sell people on this roster. It might not be Hugh Jackson bad, might not be John Dorsey hiring Freddie Kitchen's weird ass, but it also won't be what it could have been and what it should be, which is an opportunity to coach a guy that can be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Marshall, real quick, buddy, what you got for us? Hey, man, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I just get tired of the Browns, man, hiring offensive coordinator dude as a head coach. I mean, when was the last time we actually had a head coach with some head coaching experience. Mm, let's see. Carry the two. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we saying Butch? Because Butch was, had, had head coaching experience. He's not in the NFL. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, we, you know, we, we need a winner, a proven winner. I mean, you, you, got, you got the quarterback in place. You got, you got the running back. Let's get a coach, for heaven's sake. Yeah, I, I hear you, but who's that guy? I don't know, but if Stefanski doesn't work out, I don't want to see him hiring some offensive coordinator guy in the interim. I, I want to get a coach, a real coach. Don't you think we deserve a coach? I'd like a real coach as opposed to a fake one, Marshall. I appreciate the call, buddy. Here's the thing. It's also the NFL. The NFL right now, it has become increasingly trendy to hire. the, And it always has kind of been. But like when the Browns first came back, yeah, they had a bunch of trendy offensive coordinator types because they had the number one pick and they were going to take a quarterback. But most years, it was probably going to be 50-50, whether it was an OC or a DC that gets the job. Now, I, it heavily skews offensive coordinator. That's not a Browns issue. That's an NFL issue. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.